God, for your purpose in this house, Lord. God, I ask that you touch our hearts, our minds, Lord. Allow us to see things through your word that we've never seen before, God. Allow us to have a, a rhema revelation, Lord Jesus. A rhema revelation of things within your word, Lord. God, and allow us to see the, the purpose and way, God, that you've set forth in your word, intended on purpose for us to see, God. Allow us to search the scriptures through your spirit, God, and reveal that which we need, God. And I ask, Lord, that your word would fall on good ground today, Lord. Allow our hearts, our minds, and our spirits, Lord, to be good ground to receive your word today. I shut the mouth of the enemy and, 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 and the, the fowls of the air. You can leave this place. But God, prepare our hearts and our minds to receive, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Can we give him a hand clap of praise? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. I have a short uh, setting of scripture that I would like to read before you sit down. And it's James 5 and 16. And it says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Praise God. I want to talk today about prayer and the effectual fervency of our prayer being a righteous man and what it does within not only our lives, but within the kingdom of God. Amen. You may be seated. Last week, we broke down the idea of what prayer is. We learned that the, the Greek word for prayer is obviously a petition or um, something that we're asking God for. But the etymology or the root word for the word prayer is a binding action. It's a, it's, a, it's a mode by which that God is knitting something together, amen. Once we develop a place of prayer with God, there's something that's, that's binding in that moment. Uh, the scripture says that God gives his body power to bind and loose things, not only on earth, but allowing it to be in heaven because we are his body, amen. There is a binding and loosening action when we allow ourselves to pray. Do you know, understand the power that you have when you have the Holy Ghost? Do you understand the power that you have when the Spirit of God abides within you? You have the ability to bind things on earth, and then that is made to be in heaven. It's not because you want it, but when we allow ourselves to pray according to the will and purpose of God, that's when that binding takes place. Why? Because we're the body of Christ. We have power to do the will of God for our lives. We have the authority by the name of Jesus and by the power that's within us, the Holy Ghost, amen, to bind and loose things. There are spirits, amen, that have to be bound. There are spirits that need to be loosened off of people, amen. And the Bible says that God gives His body the power in the name of Jesus to cast demons out of people who are demon-possessed. That's what the Bible says. There's no arguing about it. Amen. When we have the Spirit of God within us, we have power to operate as His body. 
When we have the Spirit of God within us and we've been born again according to John 3 and 5, we now have the ability to operate as, as His body through the authority of His name. Amen. When we take on the name of Jesus in baptism, we're no longer self-righteous, but we, but we become righteous before the eyes of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we have taken on His name. We're now righteous before Him. He makes us His own righteousness. Why? Because we're now birthed into Him. And the Scripture says now it's Christ within us. It's no longer Christ on the outside. It's not just the idea that, that Jesus Christ died on the cross, but there's a reality of it, amen, because the Scripture says that now I have the ability through being born again to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. There's going to be a day before we go before Him, amen, and He's going to say, well, good, well done, that good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear when I am sitting before Jesus Christ, whether my time is tomorrow or whether my time is, is uh, during the rapture, amen, I want to be held accountable. I want to be held responsible, amen, for obe obeying the Word of God for myself because our obedience to the Word of God is what is going to get us to heaven. It's not works of our own self. It's just being obedient to what the Word of God says. I'm not telling you our works is what gets us into heaven, but obeying God is what gets us into heaven. It's not how much I go and do outreach. It's not how much we, uh, it's not how much we pray. It's not how much we do anything, but it's the grace of God. It's the empowerment to do the will of God that gets us to heaven. Amen. So as we continue on this James 5 and 16 scripture, it says, The effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We went through the first uh, two words of that scripture last week. I want to go over those quickly again so we can understand what those words in the Greek mean. But uh, Brother Joe, can you pull up the uh, slide for effectual? So this is the word effectual, which is energeo, which means to be active or to be efficient. So if we look at that scripture, it says the effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man is what avails. So if our prayer isn't with action, if our prayer is not efficient, it's not going to be as effective as it could be. Amen. When we get on our knees and, and when we uh, allow ourselves to get in a place of prayer, it's not just checking a box. It's not just uh, trying to put in your five minutes because, oh, I need to pray today. When prayer is effective like this, when prayer is efficient, when it's an active time of prayer, when we allow ourselves to, to really set, a time, set aside some time and, and really allow ourselves to get before the presence of God and spend some time with Jesus Christ, that is when our prayer becomes efficient and it becomes effective. Amen. And, but the interesting thing of this, this word energeo is the, uh, the etymology or the root word, which, which the Greek language works, it's every single word that's used, it has a root word, amen. And then there's other words built on these root words, so they always have a root meaning unless they're a root for themselves. But the word energeo has a, uh, the word uh, energes, which is literally 
meaning an instrument used for work. The interesting thing is that that's the same word used in Hebrews 4 and 12 where it says, for the word of God is quick and powerful. That's that word there. The word of God is powerful. And not only is it powerful, but it's an instrument used for specific work. Amen. The word of God is powerful. The word of God does amazing things. The word of God does some things. Amen that I have never seen anything be able to do. Why? Because it's literally the voice of God written on paper for us to see. God in His grace and mercy allowed His voice to be established on, uh, in paper, amen, so we can see what God is trying to teach us, what, where God is trying to lead us, amen. And the awesome thing is that if you look at the definition for that word quick about the word of God, that word quick, it doesn't mean fast, it means alive. It's breathing. It's something that has some, uh, some consistency there. It's not just words on paper, amen, but it is an alive word. The word of God is quick. It's alive, but not only that, it's a powerful tool, an instrument used, amen, to do what? It's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it pierces uh, even to the abiding asunder of soul and spirit. The word of God pierces our heart. It pierces our mind. Amen. And as an instrument used for work, the word of God does powerful things in people's lives. The word of God has changed my life. But the interesting thing is that prayer has changed my life more than anything I've ever experienced. Prayer is the, is the, is the gasoline that makes our car run. Prayer is the thing that enables us to set ourselves aside and be able to be used for the work and the purpose of God. Does anybody have a testimony of what prayer has done in your life? Go ahead, brother. Absolutely, you know, I can tell you this, you can, you can, uh, <laughs> you can float by without a prayer life in the church. That's just me being honest. You can, you can float by in life saying you're a Christian without a prayer life, but I want to challenge you to have just, I mean, just take a couple days, a week, and I'm going to tell you this, prayer will change your life more than anything you've ever experienced, maybe besides the Holy Ghost. Prayer is what enables us. I mean, if you struggle with sin and you struggle with stuff, even after you get the Holy Ghost, you've been baptized, you've been born again, but you're like, I can't get rid of this stuff in my life. Let me tell you this. Prayer is going to destroy the strongholds of sin in your life. 
Prayer is the answer to the strongholds of, of anger. Prayer is the, uh, uh, is the answer to the stronghold of, of any type of addiction. Prayer is the only answer, amen, to get out of that. God is going to deliver you from it if you allow it to be put into His hands. And the only way that we can truly put something into the hands of God is by prayer. We can try to hold on to, uh, to people in our lives and say, well, God, wh why aren't you doing stuff in their life? Why, why, why aren't you changing things in their life? Sometimes God, why haven't you been praying for them? Why haven't you been interceding on their behalf? Why haven't you been uh, praying for these people? And it's a reminder that when our prayer is effective, but not only effective, but fervent, is what avails. So let's look at the word fervency. Fervency is, it just literally means to be hot or to boil, amen, to, to be fervent, amen, to be earnest. So with prayer, it has to be a thing not only being effective, but when it's fervent, when it's boiling over, when it's something that's hot, amen, when it's something that, that is coming out of a, of a mindset and a, and a heart of, of true earnesty and fervency for the things of God, it becomes effective. If we think about gas in a car, there can be a car, but it's not going to operate without gas. It can be there. It can, it can do things. You can push it. You can, uh, you can move it around. Amen. But there has to be something that starts the car. There's an engine. There's oil. There's lubrication for, uh, for the engine. There's everything there, amen, that needs to be there. But there's one thing that makes the car not go, and that is uh, the ability for combustion to take place. So not only is prayer the gas in our car, but God's already done everything He needs to do in me. He's given me the Holy Ghost. I've been born again. I got everything I need. I'm, I'm trying to work on some stuff. But let me tell you this. When you put some gas within your car and you allow yourself to truly give yourself to prayer, I mean, God is going to take you somewhere. God is going to change your life. He's going to drastically change the way you think. He's going to drastically change the way that you see things. Because when you allow yourself to set yourself aside and let God be God, and truly let God be God, it causes combustion. It causes a fervency. It causes effectiveness because you're no longer operating on your own power. When we're praying... And when we're living a life without prayer, we can sure push the car. And it's not very effective. But you're pushing the car. You need help from some other people sometimes, and you're trying to get the car up the hill. But let me tell you this, the car can get so heavy trying to operate on your own power that it's going to fall back down the hill. And that is just the way it is when we serve God and we operate without prayer. But when we allow ourselves to put some gas in the car, we got the battery charged up, we got the power, we got everything that we need, we start that car. You now have the ability to drive as far as you can until that gas runs out. 
God is calling every single person to put some gas in their gas tank. Daily putting gas in the gas tank. I can only make it so far without having any gas in my gas tank. I can only make it so far up a hill on the power of the gas if it runs out. I don't want my gas to run out halfway up the hill. I don't want the gas running out when I'm in the desert. I don't want the gas running out when I'm in a place where I need to have gas to get to where I'm trying to go. Amen. But when we allow ourselves to be dedicated, devoted, and sold out to prayer. Prayer's not a popular topic. Prayer's not the popular thing. But let me tell you this. I would rather see somebody be a prayer warrior than be anything else. I'd rather see somebody uh, with, their, with their face in the ground praying every single day than, uh, than trying to take out the, the trash or, or, or whatever may be happening in, in this building. Because let me tell you this, prayer is more effective than anything we try to do in this building outside of the, the realm of the purpose and will of God. Because God has us as a body in a place, and a body without prayer is one without power. A body without prayer is one without the ability to operate in the, in the means that God gives it to operate. But once you put the prayer into the body, that body is able to do some amazing things. Amen. And I've seen the effect of prayer in this body in the last year. Amen. Sometimes we can get uh, sidetracked and get distracted off of things. And I'm just going to be honest with you. That's life. Life happens. Life gets in the way of God. Life gets in the way of everything. But it's awesome to see people who want God more than anything else. It's truly, truly, truly amazing to see people who want to put God before anything else. And to see the effect on their life, to see the effect on their children, to see the effect on, on every, everybody in their lives, amen, because of their prayer. We went to uh, Bishop Woodson's uh, celebration yesterday. And the one thing that just stuck out to me that every single person hit on was that he was a him and his wife were consistent people of prayer. Forty years they've been pastoring at Vancouver Pentecostals. And every single one of those people mentioned that they would never stop praying for them. That, that was like, that was the staple that I heard is, you know, when you're sitting there and you just, you hear stuff and I just he keep hearing prayer, 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 how important prayer is within the 40 years of that ministry and everything that that, that, that family's been able to do. Prayer is our thing to do. It's not God that makes us pray, but it, it's a holy God that makes his people pray. How great and how glorious and how awesome he is. Who am I to not have a relationship with him? Who am I to not give glory to God because I can just sit there and, 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 and worship him and, and pray and not expect anything back? That's real prayer. Amen. I don't just go before the throne of grace to get something. I don't just go before the throne of grace to, uh, to, to get a little bit of gas to get me to next week. But I want my, David explains it this way. His cup is so full 
because of prayer and his relationship with God that it literally overflows. I want my gas tank overflowing. I want my gas tank overflowing so much that you can see the rainbows rolling all the way down the hill. You can see that gasoline poured over all over the place. And I want to radiate the glory of God through a means so deep in prayer that everybody can see it. That's what being fervent is. That's what wanting to boil over is all about. We see David explaining it that way, that my cup is so full that it, that it, it overflows. That's what being fervent is, amen? We can get so caught up in life that our fervency dies. We may still have effective prayer. We may still have some things, but we lost the smile on our face. We lost the zeal. We've lost the, uh, the, the shiningness of how good and the gloriness and the greatness of God is in our life. But I just want to remind you, God is still glorious. God is still holy. He's still righteous. He's still everything that he was yesterday. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's the same God Regardless of the way that we see him, he still stays the same. Regardless of what comes up in life, regardless of what we do, regardless of what goes on, he's going to be consistent. God's going to be consistent. And I want to have a relationship with somebody who's consistent. I want to have a relationship with somebody who's not going to leave me behind. I was in the world for a long time. I didn't want to have friends who I couldn't trust. I didn't want to have friends that, that would leave me behind or, or do this and do that behind my back. But let me tell you this. God is never going to forsake you. God's never going to leave you. He's never going to, he's never going to uh, do something behind your back. He's a holy and faithful God. And his word is true. His promises, the Bible says, are yes and amen. Always, no matter what, his word is going to come to pass. Our effectual and fervent prayer has to be with action. What are we doing to be intentional? What are we doing behind closed doors to help our relationship with God? What are we doing behind closed doors to initiate our prayer to become not only effectual, but fervent? The last portion of that scripture in verse 16 says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I hit on righteousness a little bit, but righteousness is an interesting concept because somebody has to make the idea of what is right. If we look at the Greek word for righteous, it means equitable, innocent, and holy. Just, meet, or right. Holiness is the root, is the, is the very thing that righteousness is. And I want to tell you this, God is holy. He's a holy God. He is righteous. There's nobody like him. He's the just God. He is the, the righteous God. He is the one who is always right. Everything that he has, everything that we have was made by him and through him one way or another. 
Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as unclean. Uh, we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, hath taken us away. It's not our own righteousness or our own holiness that makes us righteous in the eyes of God. Outward holiness is not a, a means of being righteous. But it's God who makes us righteous. Our, our outward holiness as people who practice standards of holiness is a means and a process of inward sanctification. A process happening within our heart and our mind that changes us. So much so that it affects every single thing in our lives. Matthew 5 and 17 through 20 says, Think not that I'm come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. That's Jesus Christ talking about his death, bur death burial, and resurrection. And in verse 19 it says, Whosoever therefore... therefore shall break one of these least uh, commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. How can our righteousness exceed that of the, the scribes and Pharisees? He just told us. We have to not only be a hearer of the word, but we have to be a doer. So if we're obedient to the word of God, if we allow ourselves, amen, to, to take part in, in what God is trying to teach us tangibly through His Word, it's not some crazy, I'm going to give you this crazy Bible study with uh, cherry-picked scriptures and try to show you what the, the Word of God says to some doctrine. I mean, it's just so simple what the Word of God says in order to, to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. It is so simple. It's a simple process of being born again, being born of water and being born of spirit. Amen. And the only way that our righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees is that we actually practice what the word of God says. That's what makes us righteous. Because why? When I take on the name of Jesus Christ in baptism, that is what makes you righteous. Why? Because He is righteous. So when I'm born into the kingdom of God, no longer do I have to allow myself to be uh, rised up in pride through my own self-righteousness. But no, I can have confidence in my Savior. Why? Not only because He allowed me to, be, uh, to, to take on baptism. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Amen. But I have confidence that there is going to be a day 
because of my obedience to the scripture that I will be able to see the kingdom of God. But not only see, but enter into that beautiful place. Enter into heaven with him. Amen. Luke 7, 24 through 30 says, And when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. And what went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken within the wind. But what, uh, but what went ye out uh, for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Behold, they which are uh, gorgeously apparelled and live delicately are in kings' courts. But what when went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet, this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, <coughs> which shall prepare the way before thee. For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he that is least in the kingdom is greater than he. And all the, per, uh, the people that heard him and the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, not being baptized of him. When our righteousness is torn down and the righteousness of God is given, how is it given? Through baptism. When we take on his name through baptism, we now have the ability to be righteous before the eyes of God. Water baptism is taking that which is dead and burying it. Amen. And spirit baptism is the means of resurrecting that dead body which was just buried and now resurrected through the Spirit of God. Jesus breathes His Spirit within us, and guess what? We're now righteous before the eyes of God because now we're in a state where we can touch the tree of life someday. We're now in a state where there's no longer sin because baptism itself is, the, uh, is for the remission of sins. That's what baptism is for. If you're not baptized, you don't have remission of sins. If baptism is not a means of church membership. Baptism is not a means of, oh, you can join our church because you've now been baptized. Let me tell you this. Baptism is so much more powerful than that. Why? Because not only does it remove my sins... It makes me righteous before God, and then I'm able to enter into the kingdom of God because why? I am now righteous before the eyes of God. So think about how much more powerful that your prayer, effective, fervent, now avails. You're righteous. You weren't righteous before. You weren't, you weren't what God needs us to be for His purpose. But when God fills us with the Spirit, when we're born into His kingdom, when we're, uh, when we're established and obedient to the Word of God, our prayer goes that much further than it ever has because we're righteous before His eyes.
as we become righteous, He gives us His righteousness, and that flows from us. His righteousness flows through us. And God grants us authority through the Holy Ghost and remission of sins by taking on His name that we now take on His righteousness and are able to go into the world preaching the gospel, doing His work. Why? It's not me doing it anymore. It's not me. It's Christ in me being preached unto these people. If they're rejecting me, Whatever, I don't care. They're rejecting God because it's Christ living within me. When we go out to these houses and we're trying to reach people for the means of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of course we have to do our thing before, ask God to till that ground, ask God to do what He wants to do in these people through the means of prayer. But when I walk up to the door, I shouldn't be ashamed and say, well, they, they, didn't, they didn't accept me. They, 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 they didn't receive me. Paul, Paul says, shake off your feet. Come on. They're not, these people aren't rejecting you. They're rejecting God. God wants to use you for His purpose. God is going to give you people who are hungry. God is going to give you people that need to be saved. God is going to give you people. And, and when God brings people into your life, don't be discouraged. <clears throat> if they don't stick with what uh, you want them to do, because it's their decision. It's their decision to do it. But God in His righteousness, God in His purpose, God in His perfect will has en uh, enabled you to put a seed in their life. God has enabled you to put something in their life that they'll always remember. Amen. And I believe that there will be a day when they have to take that seed back up and put a little bit of water on it themselves and allow that seed to sprout in their lives. God came not to condemn the world, but to save it. And we're His vessels by which that we reach these people. And the only way we're going to do it is through prayer. The only way we're going to do it is by getting in a place where we're set aside and where God is able to operate through us. Prayer is going to avail. Prayer is going to do the work. If we look at the, the root word for prayer, or uh, for uh, availing, excuse me, it's to be able, to avail, can do, could be, strength, whole, and with much work. And the etymology of that word is forcefulness, ability, power, and strength. Our prayer has power. Our prayer does much work. Our prayer has much ability to affect the spirit realm. Because why? Prayer will avail because we, because we pray. When we pray, it affects everything. Your prayer can affect India. Your prayer can affect Africa. Your prayer can affect China. Your prayer can affect anywhere because why? We serve a God who is everywhere at all times. Everywhere. I've seen prayer work. I've seen prayer work here and go down to California and God go before us and do everything that He did with uh, pastor's daughter. 
I've seen prayer work by healing my body. I've seen prayer work by delivering people. I've seen a prayer work by people getting delivered of demons. I have seen prayer work in so many ways that I could tell you this, that it, would, it wouldn't hurt to pray more. It wouldn't hurt just to seek God more. It wouldn't hurt. We're living in an age where we're so captivated by everything that's around us that we lose that fervency. We lose that effectiveness. We might be righteous before the eyes of God because we've been born again. But I need my prayer to be effective. I need it to be fervent. And I just want to encourage the body here that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man is going to avail much. Prayer, when it comes from a, a place of a right heart, it perks the ears of God. God's going to listen. God wants us to be in right standing with Him. But sin was the means that had separated God from His creation in the first place. That's the whole point why we need to become righteous before God because of sin. The whole point of us becoming righteous before His eyes is so that we can have that communication with Him again. It's so that we can have that true communion, amen, that, that Adam and Eve got. Adam and Eve weren't built with the sin nature. They weren't built like that. But as we're born into this earth with that nature, it needs to be removed. <coughs> and that's what righteousness does. He's not going to fellowship with darkness. But if our heart is right, it says that our prayer does much. There isn't one person here that doesn't want their prayers to not be effective. That doesn't want their prayers to be uh, fervent or effectual. But uh, it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take sacrifice to move things. It's going to take sacrifice in order for there to be some sort of reconciliation before us and God. God is calling each and every single one of us to a place of prayer once again. Whatever level that is, whatever, whatever that is, just make prayer the main thing. Make prayer the main thing of your family. If you're not praying with your family, you should be praying with your family, with your kids. You should be praying with, with, your, uh, with your mom that you never hear from when you get on the phone with her. You should be praying with your immediate family members that, that you, you don't get to talk too much. But what happens? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The little prayers, the little things that we do just to, to uh, try to encourage somebody, I'm going to tell you it goes much further than you ever think it would. Why? Because we serve a righteous God. Because He's effectual. He's fervent in trying to reach to His people, trying to draw people in through the means of His Spirit. Why don't we stand? I just want to encourage each and every single one of us just to, just to get into a true place of prayer. I promise you it's worth it. I promise you as hard as it is, I promise you it is so much 
more worth it to have beyond a surface level relationship with him. It's so worth it. Why? The, the, the benefits are, are way outweigh the, the, the negatives. And the negatives is not having God. That's the reality. And not having God is spending an eternity in hell. And I'm just being honest. I don't want to be there. I don't want you to be there. I care for your soul. I care for what God does in your life. But it's not going to happen without prayer. It's not going to happen without us getting to that personal place. Without us sacrificing everything that we have. Just to spend some time with the God who spent time creating us. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for prayer. I thank you for effective and fervent prayer, God, of a righteous church who loves you, Lord. God, I thank you for your church. I thank you for every single person that walks through that door, Lord. And Lord, let them see the effectual and fervency of the prayer that happens within not only this place, but behind closed doors, God. God, that you reward the, the prayer in, 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 in secret places, God. Not just those that are standing on the corner trying to get attention, Lord. But I thank you for a real relationship. I thank you for a factual and fervent prayer, God, behind closed doors. With, with my family, alone, God, in the morning, whenever it is. I thank you for prayer, Jesus. I thank you, God, to be able to get close to you. I thank you for the ability, God, for you to show me things in prayer. God, I thank you for intercession. I thank you for each and every single means of prayer within our lives, God. I thank you, Jesus. Uh, you're so worthy, God. You're worth spending time with. You're worth... You're worth laying my, down my life for, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's mighty. He's holy. He's righteous. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Let's give him a hand clap.